Welcome back to Fill My Hole. My name is Bill Balabanos. I'm a little low energy, I think. Uh, there's a lot going on um, in the world. There's a lot of really fucking crazy things happening, obviously, in Europe. Um, if you don't know what I'm talking about, I implore you, open your fucking eyes. Um, so, how do I even get into this? There's really nothing funny that's that about what's happening. It's it's a tragedy. It's a mess, and uh, it has been oversimplified and misexplained and poorly elaborated upon countless times on the internet, in the media, in the news, everywhere. I mean, I have a very unpopular opinion about what's happening, and every time I try to express it, people come at me as though I'm defending Russia, which is not at all what's happening. Um, so let's just get this out of the way, right? Vladimir Putin, 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 mispronounced his name. Putin is a monster. The man is not well. He is a despot who has been in power and put himself in power. And he's been there for so long that I don't even really remember anyone before him. So they have a prime minister. You never hear about the prime minister, but the head of state, which is Putin, tends to do everything. I'll use Greece as an example because I know their structure well. Like Kyriakos Mitsotakis is the prime minister and he's the one who's out there and talking to people and bringing ideas to the, to the uh, members of the assembly so that they can vote on them. The president, I, I, can't, fuck, I can't remember her name right now, I think it's Sakelariu, her last name. Uh, you don't really hear much about her. She's a, a, a head of state, but she's also, to some extent, kind of like the governor general in the sense that she doesn't really make decisions, right? There is a reason for the existence of the president's role within these types of democracies, obviously, but for the most part, the prime ministers are the one. But here you have Putin just, you know, Putining about. Uh, so he, he's an asshole. He's a fucking monster. And he doesn't give a shit. Does he have expansionist views on parts of Europe, which used to be under the Soviet sphere of influence? Probably, maybe, I don't really know. It seems like he might. But everything I just said about him, aside from the fact that he very obviously subverts the democratic process, all Western leaders are also guilty of. And that's the only point I'm trying to make. I, I keep saying this, like... Why are we mad only now? You're only self-validating the fact that your government is a good government that makes you a hero and one of the good guys. It's not a good versus bad thing here. It's an us versus them. And by them, I mean despots and oligarchs and plutocrats and all the people making money from wars, right? And that's the point. Even now, I didn't explain it properly. It still sounds like I'm trying to fucking defend Russia to some people, which is not the case. I think the only person, the only persons who could stop what's happening right now are the Russians. And I don't mean the Russian government, I mean the Russian people. Not big fans of their president in general. I've seen reports of some of the soldiers uh, admitting after they were captured, I mean, they could be lying, but let's assume they're not for this conversation, saying that we didn't even know where we were going. We, we thought we were going to the Ukraine to do training missions. Next thing we know, we're on a full-scale assault. So... It's, it's a weird situation because you don't know. Well, not that you don't know. It really doesn't feel like the people on the ground want to be doing what he's doing. So 
So I come back to this idea that, yeah, he's a monster, but we got our own monsters. And if they're trying to deal with theirs and being unsuccessful, and by them I mean the people, we're not even trying. Like, when Canada and the U.S. enter and topple governments and put in puppet regimes, no one says, oh my God, those monsters, they killed so many people. We look at it on social media and we watch, you know, people in Libya or anywhere and we're like, good, they're revolting, they want democracy. What? Like, it's... Putin is entering on the pretense. No, well, not really. I mean, he's saying that he's doing it to liberate a Russian-speaking minority, right? I mean, that's pretty much bullshit. We know that at this point. But a couple of years ago, we were saying, and we, I mean the Western media, was saying, no, no, they're not Russians, they're Ukrainians. He's just being crazy. So now he says they are, and then he comes in. It's, it's a lot of just hypocrisy. And I mean, it must have been a simpler time, the Second World War. Obviously a terrible time, but simple in the sense that it was very obvious what was happening. Not at the end of the war, in the early years of the war especially. Sure, they didn't really take into account and they didn't take him seriously, Hitler, I mean, at the beginning. But in the end, I mean, when everyone was in on it, like the fight, I mean, when everyone entered into the war, like it was pretty obvious there's a crazy guy killing people indiscriminately. And I mean, that's a bad choice of words because he was discriminating. He was killing specific people and he was trying to build an empire. He was not subtle about it. He was very clear what he was doing. He basically said, us Germans, we're better than you and we're going to kill you all or, you know, occupy you until you fucking capitulate. Do like the French. That's what he wanted. He wanted everyone to act like the French and just fold. Um... So it was obvious, these guys are bad, we should all get together and kill them. It's the world that was birthed out of that victory, the Allied victory that we're living in now, where in the name of never letting something like that happen again, all these other things happened. And somewhere along the way, it, didn't, it stopped being about stopping something or preventing something. It became about making more money for companies that can benefit for more. The idea that there is an industry, I mean, I'm not naive, I understand, but like the idea that there is an industry that profits off of murdering innocent civilians for the most part, there's clearly something very wrong with our society. If you work for one of the, like a Lockheed or whatever, and you're making, you know, missile defense contractors and all these guys, I understand that for some, to some extent we need weapons. I get it. I'm not, again, I'm not stupid. Not naive. I understand that. But I don't think... If I was like a like a, a ballistic missiles salesman, like I don't think I could sleep at night. But that's just me. I, I mean, I'm all over the place because it's... You know, I'm not old enough to remember living under the existential threat of potential nuclear winter. I'm not. Um, I mean, I was three years old when the Iron Curtain fell. Uh, Chernobyl happened the year I was born. So like even that, like I, I, I didn't, I wasn't raised with the fear that Russia might kill us. I mean, I was raised on a steady diet of like anti-Soviet propaganda films in the nineties. Um, oh no, I was a bit older than, how old was I? I mean, I was less than 10 years old. Like I really, I was alive when Russia was still the Soviet Union, but I, I don't remember it really. Uh, but I was raised on a steady diet of movies, right? Like Radon, you know? Um, and I keep seeing this trend on Twitter 
of people older than me, a bit older, the Gen Xers, because uh, they're it's being tagged as Gen X. That's what's trending. Uh, going on about how oh Putin's threatening nuclear winter. Ha! Gen X knows how that's like. We did this for 20 years. You know what's crazy about that? I, I, it's not the entire generation of people in that age group, obviously, because they're not all stupid. I know many Gen Xers. Um, they're not dumb. They're far from it for the most part. But the people who are posting that, do you realize what you're saying? You're saying that we grew up with this existential fear, and the point you're making is so it doesn't bother us. When in reality, what you're saying is we grew up with this existential fear and now that we run the world because you're in that age category, we did nothing to prevent this from ever happening again. So fuck you guys. Like the people who are saying this, this oh, us Gen Xers aren't scared, we're not bothered because they want to show that they're not scared of Putin. You're fucking stupid. You should be scared. We should all be fucking scared. The idea that Western countries are now sending in ammunition and eventually it'll be soldiers and more on, and that all of Europe could get pulled into a war with Russia over effectively nothing, nothing. Like, there's, like it's, it's kind of crazy. We don't really know why they're fighting because there's no clear answer. I mean, you could say that it's because he wants to defend his minority, which is bullshit. Uh, you could say because he doesn't want the Ukraine entering into NATO, which is likely, very likely, but you could say that he's just crazy and he wants to grow his empire, also likely. But there wasn't one thing, right? Like there was no, there was no Pearl Harbor. There was no killing of Franz Ferdinand. There was no one thing that sparked this conflict. And we could all get pulled into war and everyone was like, we got to stop him now. I mean, I understand the sentiment. I do. The idea that there is a bully with a big gun running around. You want to go in and you want to stop him because no. But our bullies have been doing the same shit for a long time. And if he had stepped in, and a few times he had criticized them, rightly so, and they criticize him for this, rightly so, because they're both wrong. Like, what would we have done if he, like, if, if you know, I'm trying to think of a good example. But look at fucking Syria, what's been going on. They've been having a proxy war in Syria for years, right? But let's say hypothetically, okay? Let's say the U.S. and its allies, NATO effectively, overthrows Gaddafi, right? Which they did. It's not hypothetical. And Russia comes in and says, you cannot attack a sovereign nation. We will not allow this. And the U.S. says, whoa, whoa, buddy, back off. We got nukes. What do you think would happen? The only real difference is that Western governments rely more heavily on, I guess, marketing to some extent and optics because their people still see them as right, honorable leaders. Whereas in Russia, from what I gather, the people know that he doesn't give a fuck. There is no semblance. There's no veil of democracy. He's in charge, and they know that. And that's how he likes it. That's the only real difference. Everything that they're doing is the same. The subversion of democracy, the subversion of the media. It's just, on the, in the West, it's a bit more subtle. That's the best way I can describe it, honestly, because all the same things are happening. The idea that you feel so strongly about this, unless you're Ukrainian, obviously, but that you, you feel so strongly about this that you want us to all go to war to protect the Ukraine is only because you want to feel better about yourself for having done nothing and said nothing. Now, what could we have done? True, our democracies are basically terminal. We have no real power as people. Uh, I say it all the time. And that's kind of why I don't have like a hardline stance on anything because to have an opinion 
within the political environment that we live, to have an opinion about who should be elected and which laws should be passed. I mean, this reformist idea, like uh, that you can still vote and change things. I mean, it's not really a reformist idea. That's the basis of democracy. But I don't believe that our democracies function. So everything we do within them, to some extent, to me, seems futile and banal. Um, so that's why I flip-flop so much. But I had this argument with George from the morning show the other day where he was, because Pantelis and I more or less, more or less agree on this uh, topic of Russia invading the Ukraine and what's happening, why it happened, and what we should kind of do. Uh, not on every point, but for the most part, we're on the same page. Whereas George is not. George thinks we should go in and slap Putin around like a bitch. And he's like, yeah, fuck that guy. Fucking autocrat. And I get that. I understand that. But I lost my train of thought, goddammit. <laughs> I'm too riled up. I'm going to have some coffee. By the way, having some coffee from my good buddy at Nyata. Go check him out on St. Vieter. Delicious coffee, delicious Manakopita. He's not my sponsor. He's just my buddy. Um, maybe he should be my sponsor. I don't know. He could just feed me. So, Pantelis and I see eye to eye on this topic, right? Like I was saying, and I got into the argument with George that, like I said, George wants, he wants them to do something. And again, I understand that. But the idea that we would do something here, what does that mean for the rest of us? Like, this guy's clearly unstable. He's a crazy person. So, if we were to all send in troops, how do we know he's not going to just fucking drop a nuke? on someone, anyone. He's crazy. He might just fucking bomb one of his allies that's far enough away from him that it doesn't affect him just to prove a point. Like, look, I'm crazy. I'll fucking, look, bam, there goes Kazakhstan, gone. Gone, no more Kazakhstan. I don't think you would bomb Kazakhstan because that's where their missiles are, like, uh, and their space program, I'm pretty sure. But I'm just saying, he might just bomb someone else. Like, we have these weapons. We were in a, we were, for years, we were in the de escalation of the nuclear arms race. And now it feels like we're back at square one. And like I said, I don't really remember, like, I don't remember living under this threat. So if you're not scared right now, I don't, I don't really know what to tell you. But to go back to the argument I had with George, he was telling me that, how can I say the things I'm saying? And I'm flip-flopping and back and forth. And Pulled up my phone here because I want to pull the text that I sent George to, to explain myself. Because my point was, uh, we are not heroes and we're not liberators. We're just pawns on the chessboard of a bunch of really, really, really wealthy people who are doing stuff to continue being wealthy, right? And through the years, and we talk about this often, Pantelis gives me slack about it, he makes fun of me about it. I've flip-flopped on the spectrum of political leanings many times in my life. I no longer consider it a spectrum or a circle or a line. I think the words at this point have no meaning, left, right, Democrat, socialist, whatever. They're all nonsense. Uh, maybe at their core they still mean something, but the way we use them is, it makes no sense to me. So I said to George, I may have switched sides many times in my life as I was trying to figure out what it was, but I realized recently like, what it was that I wanted from the system or what I wanted to achieve. But the one thing I realized, and I only realized this a couple months ago, even though where I was and who I was affiliated with and what I believed on the surface changed drastically, my core goal has always, like the thing that I've been yelling about since I was 16 years old and old enough to realize we live in a system that has politics and whatever. The one thing that I've always, like has been my 
what's the word I'm looking for? Like the driving force behind the the quest for these new systems, like like going out and trying to learn and figure out where 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 should I vote, what should I believe in? Like the the driving force has always been the same. We're pawns of the establishment and of these ultra wealthy individuals. And I don't mean like rich people who don't pay taxes, like the, that kind of story. That's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about like big money families, people in politics who have been there, you know, like the Putins of this world, or you have the legacy assholes like Trudeau, like these types of high level, the guys in Davos, uh, people behind NATO, like all these guys, they're all in each other's pockets, right? What is it? Like 1% of the world basically is just making money off of making the rest of us live like shit, right? So when I supported the Golden Dawn as a teenager, before I knew what they truly were, a neo-Nazi organization, because I did not know. And I mean, I figured that out pretty quickly. I've, I've done a whole episode on that. You guys can go back and find it. Um, like the Golden Dawn, yeah. When I first came into contact with them as a diaspora Greek kid in my like 14, 15 teens, right? I was like, whoa, these guys want to fight the power. They want to give back individual sovereignty to the citizens of Greece. That's something I can get behind. What was I trying to fight? These, this invisible force that I'm talking about, because it's not one single entity, it's a bunch of entities, right? I'm not screaming Illuminati, that's not what I'm saying. It's money, it's follow the money, it's always follow the money. So I want power to the individual people to come back. Or not back, we never had it really. I mean, maybe for a short-lived period of time. But that's what I've always been fighting for. When I supported the NDP later in my life, a few years later, and I was uh, actively volunteering and you know, doing stuff and making videos. In my mind, Jack Layton was saying, I want you guys to be sovereign again. You as an individual within the system, I want the system to serve you and not you to serve the system. We're treated like batteries, right? And then Jack Layton died and that's not what they were doing anymore. So I kind of slithered away, you know, tail between my legs, defeated. Then with Syriza, which was Greece's radical leftist party, I mean, makes the NDP look like the Republicans. I was like, this is the party that's going to stand up to this globalizing force in Europe, is going to give back individual powers and rights to people to defend themselves against, I mean, oppression, for lack of a better word. It's financial oppression, right? It's fiefdom. But I've never been more wrong about something in my life than I was with Syriza. Like, this is the only government that I know of, democratically elected government, leftist, radical leftist government, a socialist movement that held a referendum, looked at the results of the referendum and said, you voted that you didn't want to do this, we're going to do it anyways. Thanks for your vote. Have a nice life. Like, fuck that guy. And it's heartbreaking. So at the core of all of these ideologies that I adopted over my life, there's always been the same thing. We're pawns in someone else's game. And that's not the world I want to leave behind. What power do I have to change it? I don't know. Maybe the, the simple fact that I come out and say this publicly constantly, maybe that's my contribution. I don't know. I'm not going to try and justify like whether or not I'm doing anything or whether or not I'm a piece of shit. But can I be on a front line of some kind of battle? I don't know what that battle is. I'm not sure. Because at some point I felt like I did and I watched the entire world turn on the people fighting that fight. And I was like, whoa, these guys are trying to help you. What are you doing? But the sway of, of a repetitive message 
It's conditioning. Like you hear the same thing all the time. Eventually you're like, yep, yes, we build, we'll, we're going to build it back. It's going to be better. I'm doing it for myself and my community. Yep, Russia's evil. Putin's a crazy person. That's why he's doing this. No other reason. We're the heroes. We're the good guys. We're the allies, not the Axis. We're the allies. We're the good guys. We're the go We've been fucking hammered in our heads our entire lives that we're the good guys. But I don't think we're the fucking good guys. Not in this situation. Again, I don't mean individually. I mean as a country, as a government, as a, as a culture like the West. Like, we're not the good guys. He's not the good guy. He's a fucking monster. The question is now, which devil do you want? The one you know or the one you don't? In Russia, it seems like they're willing to get the devil they don't because they don't like him. There's fucking massive protests in, protests in like 29 cities. But at the same time, the devil that I know, he's not great either. <laughs> I almost made a really bad blackface joke, but I'm not going to do it. It's too easy. Um, yeah, it's, it's a lot. Right now, I know I've gone on for 20 minutes about like existential philosophical questions, but as we speak, people who are Ukrainians, who are living their fucking lives, are being shot at and blown up, and their lives have been disrupted, their economy is destroyed, because two assholes, NATO and Russia, individuals, big fucking arrogant assholes, are having an argument between themselves about something that we're not even sure what it is. And one guy's fucking throwing his dick on the table. He's like, look, this dick, this big dick. Fuck you. Like, and the other thing is, our intelligence services are so fucking sophisticated. Do you really think for a second, if the West wanted Putin gone, that they wouldn't have disappeared him long ago? Like, I don't care what you know about the KGB or anything. Like, if they actually wanted Putin to not be in charge... Okay, you don't think in 30 fucking 40, what is it, 40 years, someone couldn't have slipped him a fucking cyanide pill if they wanted to. They, they could have made it look like an accident. The Russians do it all the time. Oh, we did not kill this guy. No. Poison. No, we don't use poison today. Like, these things happen. Sure, you can't topple a government like the Kremlin because they're, they're big. It's like not a little country. But, like, if, if the fucking CIA and CSIS and Interpol and all these, whatever, I don't know which agencies, all these letter agencies, they could have. But the idea that he's there gives them a reason to fortify their defenses. Even when he wasn't hostile for, like, 20 years. It always, they need Russia. They need a bad guy. Every story needs a bad guy. For Putin, we're the bad guy. He talks about the evil West. And he does what he does and he makes the money he does. On the back end. I mean, it's really not a complicated topic like to break down. Like, it's pretty simple. That's the bad guy. He's a threat to us. No, you don't need any proof. Look at the crazy shit he's doing. It's kind of proof. Not really. Whatever. We'll spin it. Uh, we need to buy 10,000 more missiles. Uh, we need to spend money on frigates we don't need. Uh, you, NATO members who are allies, but for some reason still kind of in like a cold war with each other, Greece and Turkey, you guys, you need to get along because we're allies. Okay, Russia. So both of you, buy a bunch of jets that you don't need cool like i don't know I, I don't even know what the fuck i can say anymore about it but right now there are ukrainian people dying and russian soldiers who for the most part seem like to me anyways like they don't want to be there and confused about what they're doing i mean it really reminds me of um like a story from my own cultural history like how when the italians invaded greece in the second world war uh 
most of them didn't want to be there. And like I've I've heard firsthand accounts from people who were alive during the Second World War, older people who told me, especially people who lived in the western shores of Greece, like that side of the country, in the islands on the coast, when the Italians came, they were like, well, "Look, we're here. We don't want to be here, but we have to be here. So like, just do what we tell you, and let, let, like let, let's not make a thing out of it." You know, I mean, movies were made about it um, because they didn't want to be there. And then on the front lines, they were slaughtered, basically, because they didn't want to be there. Their heart wasn't in it. They were fighting an unjust war, in their opinion, to some extent, against someone that they considered, I mean, as far as nations are concerned, like brothers, cousins, whatever, like they were close, culturally. Like, what are we doing? And they lost. So there was victims on both sides of the story because somebody had a big head. In that case, it was Mussolini. Now it seems like it's Putin, and that's what's happening in the Ukraine. But the idea that People are, are dying over this. It's crazy to me. It's, it's heartbreaking. I knew one day in my life we'd see armed conflict in Europe. And we've seen armed conflict, right? I don't mean firsthand. I've never seen armed conflict. Um, but in the Middle East, in North Africa, in West Africa, like there's been armed conflict all over the globe. Just, I mean, it never stopped. Never. We've never had a, a, a real, like, peace time where there was no fighting anywhere, right? The difference is now you have a, one of the great powers, one of the superpowers, Russia, actively engaging in open warfare. Which, I mean, they did in Afghanistan too. But there's this idea that somehow when it's in Europe, it's more, you know, I'm having a hard time expressing this because I've seen a lot of people say, and I'm trying to make the same point that they were saying that this is no different. But I think ultimately it is different. And I've seen a lot of people make the argument that it's because these are white people and that's why. And I really don't think it's that. Europe has been... How am I trying to... Let me try and fucking phrase this so I don't sound like an idiot. Europe has been so crucial. And I'm not saying in a negative way or in a, in a positive way. So crucial in the forming of the modern world we live in that it holds a special ceremonial place in the minds of people, right? Europe is effectively, I mean, if the world had a center, it would probably be Europe, right? I don't know about that. I know, because uh, that's a stupid comment. I, I retract that. But I think, okay, how about, no, because Russia extends to the other side. I don't know. I don't know what I'm trying to say. <laughs> I, I, but I do feel that people consider Europe to be an important strategic location, right? You know what? I'm going to go geography and I'm going to fucking save this. Europe is where continents meet, right? You have Africa, you have Asia, and you have, I mean, Russia. It's not a continent, but like Russia is so big, it goes into Asia, right? So you have this area where everything meets and then a direct channel to the Atlantic. Even on the Pacific, you only have Asia and, the, and North America, right? There's, there's nothing else there. Oceania, okay, Australia, like fuck off with your... Pretend like COVID's still murdering all of you down there. Like, leave us alone. <laughs> but if you think about it, Europe ge geographically is important. The same re reason why the Mediterranean was one of the most developed early civilizations after Mesopotamia, because it, it allowed access to things, right? We haven't seen war, like full-on warfare in Europe by a great power in a generation. We've seen war in Europe, the Balkans, in the 90s, especially after the wall fell. 
like that whole that whole period of time where like the Soviet satellite states were having the revolutions. But these were these were I mean they started off as revolutionary wars to some extent. I mean they they spilled over into like crazy bloodshed and civil wars too. But again, it wasn't like a foreign nation. Not I don't mean backing guerrilla fighters or Cold War style tactics. I mean actually attacking, declaring war. So this hasn't happened in a long time. And people responded to it differently. And you can see the elements of, of woke culture getting upset with that. Instead of being mad that there's a war, they're mad that we care that there's a war, which is confusing. Um, look, man, any, anytime someone shows up with an army and starts shooting, I don't care what color your skin is. I don't care what religion you are. They probably shouldn't. Unless your group was actively trying to murder them and they're defending themselves, you have no, there's no moral high ground for you, okay? It's, you're a monster. But people are responding differently and other people are getting mad of it, about it. And while we fight amongst ourselves about how bad we are, like, think about it. In this instance, people are saying, look, our culture is, is rotten at its core because it only cares about white people. Where the fuck were you when we were overthrowing governments in North Africa? Where were you? They're not white people. Why didn't you care then? Because we were the good guys, right? We were liberators. And see how banal this exercise is, this back... It's stupid. Because most people are fucking stupid. Yesterday, or two days ago, I got into a, a little Twitter war, if you will, with a stranger. I posted a picture, okay? I'm going to try and find it here. I posted a picture of, um, it's basically, I'll show it here quickly. It's basically uh, Biden, Boris Johnson, and Justin Trudeau in, <laughs> in fucking blackface. Their hands are dripping in blood. They're standing on a pile of bodies with these countries listed at the bottom. Iraq, Libya, Syria, Vietnam, and Afghanistan, Right? standing on human sacrifices. And Biden's pointing off into the distance and saying, Russian man bad. Okay? What is this caricature saying right now? What is it saying? It's saying that we've done the same things he's doing. And it's calling to attention the fact that we are guilty of the same sins as Western governments, right? It's not saying he's not. It's just saying that there's, a, there's, there's hypocrisy here, right? Someone, some warrior for the internet decided that he had to come for me that day when I shared this. And he says, vile, racist, and misleading. Now, it is vile. It's a disgusting image. Racist? I'm not sure how it's racist, to be honest. I'm really not sure how it's racist. I racked my brain. I'm like, how is this racist? One of the guys in it is doing a racist thing that doesn't make the image racist. It's because it's satire. So... I, I just ignored it because he seemed simple. Misleading. Don't know what it's misleading. I think you misunderstand it, but it's not misleading. And he writes to me, can't even start to explain how wrong it is to pile world events on one side and not the other. Aha. I want you guys to remember that. How wrong it is to pile world events on one side and not the other, which is exactly the point of the caricature. Exactly the point. But he's using it against me as a defense, which is crazy. You don't think Russia has been involved in each and every one of these places? They have, for different reasons. But again, that is not the point here. 
So I, I answer that he's being, I basically tell him, like, I, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that we are too. That's all. Like, these hands aren't clean either. And he answers, this is how he answers me. I think you need to get out of the house more often, perhaps with the tinfoil hat. So then I, I get snarky and I basically tell him, you're so smart, I can't argue with you. You're, you're too smart for me. And he tells me, stop with the stinky troll bait, which he just hit me with troll bait. You know the score and it's not in your favor, leave it alone. I mean, obviously I can't leave it alone at that point because this guy's an idiot and I have a moral obligation to myself to let him know that. And I, but I agreed with him. I said, I will leave it alone. You are right. That was just, I, was, I have been trolling you since the second you spoke to me. Because you already proved my point by using the message of the caricature to enter into an exchange with me. Think about that. He doesn't even, like, it's frustrating. It's fucking frustrating. The score was in my favor, I write. The second you saw my tweet, have a good life, and I blew him a kiss. He never answered me again. I really hope that he was embarrassed and realized that, fuck, I misread that image. And I was too excited to say how awesome I am. The worst part is I looked into the guy just to see who the fuck he was. Because he has like one of these sketchy profiles where you can't see anything. Like I don't hide my identity online. I am who I am. I say what I say. If it's a problem for me, I'll deal with the consequences for the most part. Um, this guy has like, he's like an old guy. Like I, I got into a, he seems like he's mentally unwell. Like now I just feel like an asshole. I don't know. He's got like a podcast, so like I feel like a kinship towards him now, but at the same time he's spewing garbage, just nonsense garbage that's not well thought through. It's just people like to repeat things. It's, it's, a, it's a byproduct of conditioning. It, it, it's basic, it's cognitive behavioral analysis 101. You repeat something enough, people will believe it, and then they'll start repeating it, and it spreads like a virus. I'm going to end this episode on a simple, simple statement. I hope that in the next 24 hours, Russia withdraws from the Ukraine. I know they're about to have talks on the Belarusian border. I don't know what that means. If I want you to take anything away or anyone who hears the sound of my voice, you know, on the internet, there are no bad guys and good guys in a fight like this. There are just people in power trying to profit or to further their careers, or it's always self-serving. I wish I had something more there, that like a solution, but I don't, because I, I just don't have it. And uh, I will leave it on that somber note. My heart goes out to the people in the Ukraine. My heart goes out to the Russian soldiers who don't want to be there. And uh, that's it. My name is Phil Balabanos. This has been Phil My Whole. I will see you in the next episode. You've been listening to Fill My Hole. This podcast is available on YouTube in its full video form. If you're lazy and you don't want to Google it and you don't want to search on YouTube, balabanos.com, hit the podcast section. You can subscribe directly to the RSS feed there. My name is Phil Balabanos, and I'll see you next time.